So on the side note, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Sid B Show. I'm your host, Sid B, and today we'll be talking about some NFL, some NBA, and some soccer. So let's get into it with the NFL. So earlier today, surprisingly, the New England Patriots traded Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth-round pick. And Gronkowski has already passed his physical with the team. He will honor his current contract, which is one year left at $10 million. And he's been getting his body ready to play football again. And that reuniting with Tom Brady was important. He's been putting on weight, and he says that he's ready, and he wants to return and Tom Brady wants, wants him back on the Bucks too. With, with Gronk reuniting with Brady, wherever Brady ended, always felt like a real scenario behind the scenes. I can't underestimate the appreciation on and off the field they have for each other. Gronk was done with the Patriots, but he never wanted to be done catching TDs from Brady. During an appearance on What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Monday, Gronk hinted that he might consider coming out of retirement. He said, I'm feeling good right now. I'm happy where I'm at. You just never know, man. You just never know. You just never know. I'm not totally done. Gronk is only 30, and he retired out of the 2019 season after eight seasons with New England. During his Patriots career, he was a three-time Super Bowl champ, five-time pro bowler, and four-time First-team All-Pro selection. He caught 521 passes, 7,861 yards, and 79 touchdowns, establishing himself as the prime, as the game's best tight end, arguably the most talented player at the position in NFL history. Injuries were an issue for Gronk, as he missed 29 games in his career, 13 games in the last three seasons alone. After posting double-digit touchdown receptions, in five of his first six seasons, he had a total of 14 touchdowns between the 2016 and 18 campaigns. So right now, the Bucks offense looks like this. Brady at QB, Ronald Jones at running back, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at wide receiver, Rob Gronkowski's the number one tight end, and there'll be a competition for T2 between Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. And now Gronk will be playing football with Brady in Tampa the next season. So it's great news for Bucks fans and more of news for Patriots fans who have seen the most important player in franchise history signed with a new team this offseason and one of the most popular figures in team history to come out of retirement to join him. It's obviously a tough, tough thing for Patriots fans, but 
for the non-Patriots fans, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I like it. And the Bucks, they're only getting better. I see them as a playoff team next season, and I see the Patriots not even being a playoff team. We'll see what happens, and this is overall great news. So the breaking news rocked the NFL, and some players took to Twitter to voice their opinions. Ryan Jansen said, let's go. Calais Campbell said, one thing I know for sure, Rob Gronkowski going to love Bruce Arians. Marlon Mack said, wow. Pat McAfee said, I have no clue how folks are going to stop Tampa now. Heading to the backyard to see if I can kick a ball still. Trey Boston said, what's going on now? Golf Schwartz said, Tom Brady left the greatest dynasty in NFL history at age 42 and upgraded his team. Completely wild. Eric Weems Sr. said, Tampa Bay ticket prices just went up even more. Lance Briggs, oh lord, Gronk's back. Brandon Bolden, well damn. Carolina Panthers tweeted a video of the 2020 New Year's celebration. Demarius Randall said, good to see a superstar come back. Rob Gronkowski, welcome back. Justin Boss said, what does this say about how the Patriots operate? No doubt their way works and they've had the most successful football games they want to win. Are they are the humans? Lane Johnson said, ah, let's have fun. Kyle Long said, the face that launched a thousand transactions. Dick Vitale said, this is unreal. Please tell me it is legit Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. Oh baby, as a Buccaneers season takes older, I'm jumping with joy. Dean Mutadi said, hey, Rob Gronkowski, congrats. Remember when I was at work and you cheap shot at me and stole my 24-7 title at Mania? Can't wait to spear you in the middle of training camp and win my title back or, or during a Buccaneers game. So to be honest, NFL players don't really like this, but I know they're just kidding. They think it's great to have Gronk back after a season being retired. So Lamar Jackson has reportedly spoiled the cover of the next Madden game. EA Sports has yet to officially announce Jackson as a cover star, but the NFL rate, rating MVP admitted in the interview just after talking about his predecessor in both achievements. I'd love to follow that path right there. MVP to the Super Bowl, Jackson said of Chiefs QB Patrick Mahomes. That would be a great path to follow. I hope that happens. Last season, Mahomes was the first to grace the cover of Madden and win the Super Bowl, which broke the dreaded Madden curse that continually gained momentum since NFL players were featured on the cover in the early 2000s. I'm not worried about a curse, Jackson said. Patrick Mahomes was on the front and he, and he won Super Bowl and MVP, so I hope that's a curse. Jackson enjoyed a breakout season in 2019 leading the Reigns to a believe as 14-2 record and AFC North title. Jackson, who was league MVP and finished first team all pro in his second season, threw 36 touchdowns for a total of 3,127 yards. He rushed for 1,206 yards and seven more scores. The 23-year-old was the first QB to surpass 1,000-yard rushing mark since Michael Vick, who graced the cover of Madden in 2004.
So next we move on to the NBA. The NBA planning committee wants to resume games around Christmas, sources say, but the NBA itself said it wants to finish the remainder of its year, including regular season games. Commissioner Adam Silver said if games resume, they will last significantly later than June, which would push back the start of the new season in the fall. The National Basketball Association is holding out hope that it could continue its season, including regular season games. Silver, who spoke to reporters on a conference call following the NBA Board of Governors discussion last Friday, said the league hasn't considered canceling the remainder of the year, as it looks to salvage some of its lost revenue due to the coronavirus pandemic. Our revenue, in essence, has dropped to zero, Silver said during the call. That's having a huge financial impact on team business and arena business. Silver also hinted at changes to the league schedule, saying all rules are off at this point, while also confirming the NBA would play significantly later than June if games do resume. Doing so would mean pushing back or canceling remaining league events, which wouldn't be too much of a surprise with the pandemic pausing all major sports leagues. The biggest events that could change are the NBA Draft Combine, which was originally scheduled for next month in Chicago, and the Summer League in Las Vegas. Asked for updates surrounding the decision on those events, the NBA did not immediately return a request for comment. But if the league owners are seriously considering resuming play without sacrificing games, pushing back the start of the 2020-21 season is almost inevitable. And if that happens, how does a league ever return to its current 82 game format? And would players even agree to such a move? It could be a learning experience for future seasons when they choose to play fewer games, said Neil Pilsen, founder of consulting for Pilsen Communications and former president of CBS Sports. There is a Christmas idea out there. According to people close to league discussions, the NBA's planning committee, which features several team general managers, has been pitching the idea to start games around Christmas for quite some time. The idea stems from a variety of factors, including coaches and players complaining about too many games in a week, to lack of practice time and early ratings being impacted, and perhaps one of the most significant issues plaguing the NBA before the coronavirus pandemic, load management and rest. It's the concept of teams limiting players, especially those who are returning from injury, to a certain amount of games played through a need game schedule. Coaches use a method to allow more stars more time to recover, hoping players will be ready for the most crucial stretch of the year, the playoffs. The resting issue is a deep one for the NBA. In 1990, league commissioner David Stern fined the LA Lakers 25K for resting healthy stars. But since 2012, when Stern issued a 250K fine against the Spurs for resting players, before a game against the Miami Heat, the problem has accelerated. The NBA has adjusted its schedule to accommodate teams, decreasing the number of back-to-back games and the number of games per week. But lately, the league has taken a image hit as teams still rest players, causing ratings to suffer and fans complaining about not getting full value when they expect to see star players compete. 
Understanding load management and resting method is a problem for its business and media partners. The NBA now monitors more closely issuing fines when teams violate resting guidelines. While speaking at MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, Atlanta Hawks CEO Steve Coonan echoed why many NBA teams have previously mentioned. In essence, the idea of starting games around Christmas is time more relevant for the NBA, Coonan said. Coonan, who the Hawks did not make available for the interview request, favors the run and hide from King Kong. The National Football League approach, suggesting a later start will help ratings. Many times, the start of the NBA season, we are competing with arguably the best Thursday night football game with the NBA on TNT, our marquee broadcast, and we get crushed and we wonder why, Coonan said, according to ESPN. It's because at the beginning of the season, there's very little relevance for the NBA. Tony Pontiero, the CEO of Pontiero Management Group, and also served as Andy Huser Bush's VP for Global Media Sports and Entertainment Marketing for 17 years. Pontiero agreed with the NBA starting games around Christmas, saying fan activity around sport usually increases. The diehard will always be there, said Pontiero, but the more casual fan would just be coming in around Christmas Day. The NBA has already discussed an in-season tournament if play can resume this summer, which Silver said requires more dialogue but also be added to be implemented at some point. One NBA executive said that this opportunity to explore the concept for at least one year in what could be spectator-free arenas. The, the executive who spoke to CNBC on condition of autonomy and as the individual is not authorized to talk about this matter, suggested opening a new season via a tournament on Christmas. According to one top-ranking league official, the NBA has explored concepts of concluding final games in Las Vegas, as the tournament would emulate famous overseas basketball cups like the Copa del Rey in Spain. In, in Las Vegas, the NBA has already built-in business relationships and could recover some of the lost revenue via sponsorships and gambling dollars associated with the tournament. The executive said, adding a proposed sponsorship slogan for one of the one-and-done format, the NBA Cup, where every game is a Game 7, the individual said. The broadcasting partners would certainly have increased prices for ads sold around the tournament, helping recover the projected $800 million plus in lost revenue with the NBA games currently suspended. Pilsen added the NBA's on-court product is likely to improve if the amount of games has decreased with any new start date. Teams would have more practice opportunities and more importantly, additional recovery time for players. The NBA is so solid across the schedule that candidly, I don't think our reduction games would have a big impact anywhere except that the players would have less fatigue, and you could argue, we'll be playing in more games, said Pilsen, who is also a professor at Columbia University. You get a better product, and there's a real value to that. If a league were to approach starting games around Christmas this year, it would need to negotiate with the NBA Players Association, which represents the players with the current pandemic affecting league revenue 
it's unlikely that players would resist too much and they have very incentive to agree to keep getting paid. Former NBA guard Jay Williams, who is now ESPN commentator, said rethinking the schedule would help change the landscape of the sport and the league approaching a new norm. I think this would be a good idea and it's pretty much all up to, get to the NBA. I think resuming games around Christmas time is a perfect start and it would be good overall. It would keep the ratings up and the NFL won't really be around that much to compete. today, Bleach Report released seven star trades to fix the NBA's worst teams. Fixing the NBA franchise is no simple task, but no one wants to be stuck on the struggle bus in the slow lane, so Bleach Report is here to inspire the league's worst teams in the 2019-20 season to get back on track. After reviewing the NBA's bottom 10 squads this season by record, Bleach Report writers found star trade partners for seven of the franchises in question. These scenarios won't overall any of the following to instant contention, but save for a certain team anxiously waiting the conclusion of its gap year. But if this is truly a make or miss league, it just might be make a deal or miss out on flipping the script anytime soon. So first we have Chris Paul to the Chicago Bulls. So playoff expectations swirled through the Windy City in training camp, but these Bulls couldn't even run past the starting gate. The open with 14 losses in 20 games and never really got back on track. But a new day has dawned with the arrival of Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations Arturus Karnasovas. He inherits a talented roster, but he needs someone who can fit their puzzle pieces together. Chris Paul could be that connective tissue. He just stopped the Oklahoma City Thunder drastically outform preseason expectations, but given his onerous contract, 41.4 million next season, 44.2 million player option for 2021-22. He shouldn't be too difficult to pry away. Build an offer around Otto Porter Jr. and his $28.5 million player option, and the Thunder could pounce on the savings. Given how long Chicago has searched for a floor general, Paul would be a godsend. His 3.13 real plus minus ranked ninth overall and third among point guards per ESPN. He can immediately assume top leadership duties, perk up the perimeter defense, and ace a primary playmaker role. He has averaged 9.5 assists per game against only 2.4 turnovers for his career. No ball has averaged more than 5.4 this season. Kobe White, last summer's seventh overall pick, has a size and skill to play the two, where he has spent 71% of his minutes this season. Zach Levine played more three than two. Paul wouldn't be stepping on anyone's toes at the one, and he's a good enough shooter to play off the ball while he, young Bulls initiate offense. Land Paul and the ace, the upcoming lottery pick, and Chicago can make those post. So next we have Drew Holiday to the New York Knicks. Holiday is in a sort of a weird position with the Pelicans because. He is the veteran of the team, pretty much, but there's also a lot of youth that, that could eventually knock him off. With 
Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. You have Zion Williamson. So it might be good to get Holiday out and bring some more players in. Julius Reno would be good. He would be a backup and would bring some more size. And maybe bring back someone like Wayne Ellington. And he wouldn't really be much up to a lottery team. But he would be pretty helpful to a potential playoff team like New Orleans. And the Knicks, they could potentially have a top five pick. And this is pretty much a weak class. So a top five pick remains valuable, but a couple second rounders possibly. And the Pelicans would retain cap flexibility and some sizable collection of draft picks. And with the Knicks, Holiday, he can do it on his own. He definitely needs some help. Maybe the Knicks could cash out in free agency this summer. They have some pretty good youth. RJ Barrett, he could have a much better second season. You have Mitchell Robinson, who's not that much of a shooter. And you have Frank Nitikina, he's still young. And if the Knicks would get a player like Holiday, he's very good. He's pretty all around. And he would be good overall. He could help this Knicks team. And if you throw him some help, this could potentially be a Knicks team who could be in the playoffs come five years from now. Now this next one is pretty interesting. Aaron Gordon to the Golden State Warriors. So Andrew Wiggins will have to be thrown into that trade. He's not a Harrison Barnes or Andre Iguodala, and he would be the fourth option of a Warriors team who has a lot of talent with Curry, Thompson, and Green. He's not playing as well as he did with the Timberwolves, and his defensive real plus minus is pretty bad. 449th among 514 players. And that's in 2018-19. But he has moved up to 196th in this past season. And the Warriors need a pretty good role player who can defend, move off the ball, set screens, and find some separation against opposing defenses. And the Magic have a couple of those guys who fit that description. Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon because the Magic, they have a lot of guards and they could get the worst first round pick or Minnesota's top three protected selection 2021, which can be very good. Gordon, he's top 10 among forwards in defense real plus minus, even though he's mainly defense, best scoring wings. He's very good at size and strength. He could play and defend most positions and putting him alongside Draymond Green that's that's pretty good he's pretty good offensively and he could be a center in small ball lineups and imagine the easy baskets and backdoor cuts Gordon would provide when you have Steph Curry and Draymond Green throwing you lobs it would be pretty good overall I mean the Warriors they could go for a bigger and better player 
or they could just keep their pick and get a James Wiseman or some very good power forward. There's been talk of Giannis going to the Warriors if the Bucks can't keep him. Uh, it's a possibility, but Aaron Gordon seems like a pretty reasonable trade. This next trade I think is particularly good. It's CJ McCollum to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs have a couple of playoff veterans and a couple of first and second year guards. While the plan is to develop Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Kevin Porter Jr., this could also be a playoff team that if they could add another star in McCollum to pair up beside Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. CJ McCollum is from the Cleveland area. He grew up an hour south of Cleveland in Canton, Ohio. So playing for his hometown team is pretty nice. He's only 28 and he only averages a little bit north of 20 points per game when Damian Lillard plays with him. But when Lillard's gone, McCollum's points per game, rebounds and assists go up per 36 minutes. He averages about 27.7 points per game. Having a trio of Bob McCollum, the Love and Drummond is definitely worth it. It makes his team a playoff team around the 6 or 5 seed. But in order to get McCollum, the Cavs would likely have to trade away Seti Osman and Colin Sexton. But Cleveland would it be able to break up its awkward fitting backcourt of Garland and Sexton while getting another locally born player to lead the franchise. It's worked out before with LeBron James. He's been able to deliver them a championship, but it will be a test to see if McCollum could lead this team to a championship if this trade actually happened. So the next one is Rudy Gobert to the Washington Wizards. Rudy Gobert has reportedly been on the trade block after his relationship with Donovan Mitchell has Donovan Mitchell has been reported as broken, and the Wizards are just one spot off the Eastern Conference playoffs this season, and we'll be getting back John Wall from injury. Bradley Beal has had a great season, and the Wizards have put together a pretty good defense. But they're actually the worst defensive team in the NBA. They're dead last in defensive rating, 29th in defensive rebounding percentage, and 24th in blocks per game. <clears throat> getting back Wall and getting Gobert, two very good defensive players, would really improve his team. And Utah could get a package of 2019 lottery pick Rui Hachimura, Senator Thomas O'Brien, and probably whatever else he won off of Washington's roster for Gobert. Probably some young players or some more draft picks. And getting Gobert would definitely put this team in the playoff picture, possibly a seven seed or an eight seed. Who knows? But a trio of Wall, Beal, and Gobert, that's, that's pretty scary. So the last trade is Buddy Heel to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Kings already sunk themselves when they signed 
Harrison Barnes and Buddy Hill to deals worth in excess of $20 million annually. And now De'Aaron Fox approaches the extension eligibility and wants to seek the same numbers as what Jamal Murray signed for last summer, which was five years, $170 million. And Luke Walton, he chose to start Bogdanovich or Heald, which sort of complicated things because Heald, he's a great player, and I think he deserves to start. But the Kings need to cut salary, and the Pistons need a hand after letting go of Andre Drummond. Heald, he averaged almost 20 points per game, shoots about 40% from three and about 10 three-pointer attempts per game, which is pretty high. He would be pretty good alongside Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. But if the Kings decide to bring back Bogdanovich, they might also move him, and the Pistons could offer them a protected first-round pick in this upcoming draft. And so the Pistons could be a, an offensive threat. They could also be a playoff team and possibly make it to the second round of the draft of the playoffs. Let's get into some soccer here. So Jorginho, he has decided not to leave Chelsea among being linked to Juventus and a couple other teams. Jorginho, he's been very, very good for Chelsea this season, especially at the midfield position. He is very good at passing. He has a, a skill like no other. Next, Liverpool will be expecting many offers for Shadron Shakiri. Shakiri, he's getting older. He's sort of all lost his way at Liverpool with the upcoming of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who is bound to take his position sooner than later. He's a pretty young guy who has a bright future. Borussia Dortmund are very interested in Arturo Vidal. Vidal, when he came to Barca, I was thinking it's a waste of a move. They didn't really need him. They haven't used him that much. And Dortmund are in need of a solid center midfielder like him. Next, Inter Milan. People think that they should sell Lautaro Martinez and sign Alexander Lacazette from Arsenal. Lacazette, he's been linked to multiple teams with Inter Milan being the biggest of them. Lautaro Martinez, he's had a very impressive season and is probably going to be on the move potentially to Barcelona. And um, Lacazette, he's also getting older. And Arsenal want to ride with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as a number one over Lacazette. And Arsenal has some great youth, so um, they could sell him. Timo Werner, he's appearing to be an alternate option for Barcelona and Real Madrid. It makes sense because Timo Werner, his main options are 
Bayern, Liverpool, and potentially Chelsea. And teams like Barcelona, they have a long list of players they want, especially Real Madrid. They want, they'll take pretty much any any star player. So Werner is definitely an option for both of them if they can't get the players they want. Atraf Hakimi, he's wanted by a lot of teams after his pretty much breakout season. Baloney from Real Madrid. He's currently on Borussia Dortmund, and he is provided a master number of masterclass performances, especially in the Champions League. So it makes sense that a lot of teams want him. Um, Serial legend and AC Milan legend Hernan Crespo. He thinks that Latiro Martinez should stay at Inter Milan for a couple more years. I see where he's coming from there. Um, it makes sense because Martinez, he just has breakout season. And if I were Inter Milan, I would keep him for at least a year or two to increase his value. And there will be way more offers. A lot of teams will be willing to pay more than $120 million for him. And it also makes sense. It's also the smartest thing to do. Manchester United are interested in multiple stars and ever since he rattled over Bruno Fernandes they've been on a roll multiple stars have been linked to them such as Joe Felix Jaden Sancho and Harry Kane but for Man U they have a choice they could take only one of them and it's most likely to be Jaden Sancho as Dortmund are demanding more than 120 million dollars and Man United they're willing to pay but they also have some competition from Chelsea and most people think that Kane he's not gonna go anywhere and if he does he would end up in the Serie A and Tottenham they've been running out of money so they set a price of more than 250 million which is completely like outrageous Kane he's like he's very good but He's not at the point where he's worth 250 million. It just doesn't make sense. And next, we have we have the statement that only three Premier League clubs will be able to spend. I see that makes sense, considering that most teams lost a lot of revenue with season being put on hold, but. All the domestic leagues and cups are, are expected to continue. TV deals are expected to stand, so teams could make their money back. But the transfer window is going to be very busy this upcoming summer. A lot of players will be set at very high prices, as seen with Harry Kane. And mainly only the teams with a lot of funds will spend, like Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea, three big main teams who are looking to win the Premier League a few years from now and have bright futures. So that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the second episode of the Sid B Show. And my podcast has recently been approved on Google Podcasts. It's on many of the smaller 
podcast websites and it's going to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts soon. So if it would mean a lot if you guys would sort of subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave a voice message for some questions or some feedback, you are more than welcome to.